0: One, two, three, four. Hey y'all, this is Seppa, the Southern Fried Witch. And this is episode 49 of season 2. And today I did a thing I didn't think I would ever do, y'all. I canceled a Halloween party. (laughs) I did. I braved up and just did it. You know, when my kids were little all those years ago, I was the one who had all the Halloween parties. And I did my time, (laughs) y'all. I did my time. From the moment they were very small, all the way up until they were very grown, it was me. We did Burning Man over here, we or Woman, depending on the year. We had hay bales out, we had bonfires, and I honestly, I did love every moment of it. We would do graveyards where, you know, I would go get those pine bark things from Lowe's, Home Depot, whatever, and create fell graves. We had headstones, the whole nine yards, all the lights. When the kids were little, I uh, got a refrigerator box and I made a Hogwarts for them. (laughs) And they had a blast. I assured that my children had a wonderful place to celebrate their imagination every Halloween for 30 years now, somewhere in there. And I didn't want to stop because I wanted them to come home for Halloween And then, of course, the pandemic hit and we couldn't do Halloween, at least the way that we had done it before. And this year I thought, okay, we're going back at it. We're going to do it again. It's going to be wonderful. And then uh, the place where folks usually park way out here in the country, they're rebuilding there so you can't park anymore. Our driveway might fit six folks tops both of my grown sons and my daughter-in-law suddenly had to work on Halloween, or not on Halloween, but on the night I was having the party, so. And then there was this exhaustion I've been going through. All of these things together started saying, hey, honey, cancel the damn Halloween party. And um, I don't lay down well. And it was simply not coming together. Not this year, it just wasn't coming together. I may have broken my streak, my Halloween party streak, and that's okay. It's all right. Honestly, I wanted to spend more time this year with just my beloveds and with my ancestors. I just, I wanted to cook more. I wanted to revel in this month more. And um, sometimes all the signs are pointing to something for me and I'm stubborn and I try to be tough, and I just keep going on way past all the warning signs. But this year, I don't know, maybe it's a function of age, but this year I listened. Everything that was screaming at me, stop, you know, just stop. And this is going to give me a whole lot more time to do harvest business, to go sit outside and just enjoy the fire, to do what I need to get done for once instead of serving So many people, which is something I have a tendency to do. Oh, and by the way, y'all, I got re-inspired last night listening to Byron Ballard. She was doing a class on ancestors and it was live. Y'all go look at her pages, go find that thing. Oh, my God. So damn good. So damn good. And a lot of reminders I needed for myself. So do check that one out. Y'all know there's always been a distinction for me between Halloween and Salwyn Always. I've always understood Halloween as being that revelry, you know, that Saturnalia, really, where we delight in the overperformance of everything. You know, the costumes and the food and the giggles and the hocus pocus of it all. To me, that harks back to childhood and really lights my soul aflame. I love all of that. I really do. But this year, I'm feeling a deep calling to do the Samhain work. And as we all know, as witches, that is way more, I guess, close to the spirit of the thing. And that's what I think I need. There's rest and reflection and deep shadow work involved in this. And I really resonated with Byron's call to action last night in her ancestor class that was Dream Love at the beginning where she asked us all, even new witches, anyone out there, to please do the magic, to get involved and be part of this. Because right now, that is what we need. That is what the world needs desperately You gotta count on her to always tell us the truth. I tell you what. On Monday, y'all, just as an example, I was doing a photo shoot. I've never done a photo shoot. Nothing professional ever in my life. And my niece is a photographer. So we went to a very, very magical place and did a wonderful photo shoot on old granite. Just beautiful. But the whole day had really been about all the way up to there and a few minutes after being there about the aesthetics of everything, about getting there on time, making sure we didn't lose the lot, assuring that we had all of our, I guess we could call them props, even though they were all things we used in real witchcraft. And I wasn't feeling it, y'all, wasn't feeling it. It was all performative. For a long time. And then I called for a break. (laughs) Because, you know, that whole witchify every damn thing. I mean that. We don't have a lot of time here on the planet. And we need to invest magic, I believe, in every facet of our lives. So to be doing a photo shoot about being a witch and about being magical and not feeling it was um blasphemy for me and this is this is nobody's fault but i am getting old enough to make everything stop and say not good enough for me and so i grabbed my niece the photographer as uh, the other two sweethearts were setting up their own photo shoots and i said follow me (laughs) and we went deeper onto that big rock closer to the labyrinth that's there and I said let's do photo shoots here for a minute and I had listened to her she had told us to take her shoes off and um, I think I'm the only one who did it there was a good reason for this that rock is as old as the earth itself it's exposed it's black it's beautiful it's situated in the middle of a forest it's It's enough to make your eyes roll back in your head as a witch. And so when I listened to her that my shoes weren't working for the photo shoot, and I went barefoot, I could feel that energy. I could feel that thump coming up from that rock into my body. When I'll be damned, it witchified me, honey. It did. When I say witchify every damn thing, I'm talking about yourself, too. And suddenly... Everything that we were doing was just otherworldly. The photos came out differently. The energy was right on point. And that's the difference, I think, you know, the difference between Halloween and Samhain. The difference between a photo shoot and something magical. And it's up to us to stop everything and say, what do we want to get out of this moment? Whether it be walking our dog, uh, making spaghetti. Because we're tired and it's the only thing we could think of to make. Cleaning out a refrigerator, reorganizing our closets, whatever it is. We can actually witchify that shit. And yeah, it is effort, but you know, it's worth it. It's the difference between, say, absentmindedly petting your dog on the head. I mean, you love it and you're just sort of throwing in a little bit of cuddle. But, you know, if you look that dog in the eyes, and I don't know about your dogs, but mine, they're always searching for my eyes. And if I'll just turn and look them in the eye and tell them they're a good boy, good girl, whatever, and really give them my attention, it may cost me 30, 60 seconds of my life. And that's it. But that moment just got witchified. You know, it's the difference in walking in the woods and running into a spider web and maybe acting a fool for a second and then moving on, trudging forward to whatever the fuck it is that we think we've got to get to. Why are we like that? As opposed to stopping, apologizing to that web, connecting with that situation for one second. And the blessings that come from doing that, from connecting with the woods and the spirits there, I don't know if, and I know this is kind of lame and cliche, but if we only had like one day left and we spent it running past all these moments, well, then it might be a wasted day. So when I saw Byron, oh God, I love her, my beloved sister, my Appalachian queen, when I saw her. And I saw that she was talking about ancestors. And specifically, when she talked about the ancestors that were, as she called them, problematic (laughs) and how they can end up being the most useful I don't know her word, that might have been it of the entire pack. I understood exactly what she was saying. It meant to me that instead of just lighting a quick candle on the altar and telling my grandma how much I loved her and putting up her picture. And doing something very rote and still sweet and all of that. Imit the difference between that and really acknowledging my ancestors, you know, capital A. And occasionally that means asshole. And doing a little bit of cleanup work there. You know, call it cleanup, call it healing, whatever you need to call it. As far as I know, and I don't know the truth of all of them. But as far as I know, I don't have a pedophile in my background or um, a serial killer. But I have a couple of assholes. And if there's one thing I'm I'm fairly sure about, it's that when we pass over, we no longer hold so tightly to the things of this world, and that would include a lot of belief systems, wouldn't it? And I forget how Byron might have put it, but what I took from it is, if I've got somebody back there that I loved meant something to me but hurt me and maybe made a lot of bad choices in this life. That work, that could be some of the most deep and valuable work I ever do with my ancestors. Because it does two things. It works toward healing me, and that's a priority. But it also works towards healing them. And I cannot think of why I would want truly fucked up, traumatized ancestors running around. It does mean more work though, doesn't it? A lot more work and careful, careful work. But I dug it. I got what she was saying to me. Because to me, what she was saying was the difference between Halloween and Samhain. The difference between acknowledging my ancestors and doing real work with them. For me, what she was talking about was witchifying our ancestral work. And I'm sorry, that last word means labor. And often witchcraft does mean to labor, to work. It's not all about the bells and the whistles and the pretty candles and the sparkles. It's not all about the funny hats. It's just not. The real work comes when we have to actually struggle a bit. You know, talk to the other side. (laughs) Not just to the ones that we prefer, or the ones that tell us that we sweet and we pretty and we special, but actually doing some deeper work. Especially if we are skilled in doing so, and are of a certain age, we need to get our asses back to that work table. So I was inspired by it. Y'all know when I say which if I every damn thing. I don't think everyone is actually getting the depth of what I mean. I don't mean put a pretty sticker on it and call it Halloween. I do not mean that at all. In fact, the real magic, you know, that dirty, bloody kind, the kind you read about, the kind that moves mountains and and knocks tyrants off of their damn step ladders, the kind that matters, you got to get dirty for that. You got to work a little hard for that. I just don't see a cleaned up, easy casual diy for that at all and the rewards are fantastic let's see let me put this into a more simple example so i think i've told this story before but let me tell it again because number one i'm southern and number two i'm a storyteller so my bad i think i was like i don't know 13 maybe 14 And then somewhere in between that running away and living on the streets back and forth, I did go back home to see my grandma for a while. And one of those nights, I just got bored of everything. I didn't want to watch Hee Haw again. God bless it. I didn't want to play Dirty Board again. That's a game that she fairly invented. I wanted to do something else. I was bored. I was done. And so the only thing I could think of, I know you know what I'm saying, is food right? Well, maybe we should eat something really good. Well We didn't have anything in the house like Oreos or what did I use to lo- Swiss cake rolls. We didn't have any of that. But well, what we did have is a woman who was willing to actually invest a little magic in a situation, and that meant work. So she went in there and she made a dough and rolled it out, and then she slathered real butter across the whole damn thing. I don't really remember everything else because I started to get dizzy somewhere in here. (laughs) There was real cocoa and sugar and cinnamon, and then she rolled it up. So the effect was uh, chocolate and butter and mm, yeah, I've never had anything that good since because as we say in the South, she put her foot in it and that shit was magic, baby. It's the same damn reason that, yeah, I will use these Instapots and these crockpots when I'm broken and tired and cannot get to anything else. But I'm sorry, y'all. It's not as good as a slow roast in the oven for six to eight hours. It's not. You're not going to get that crust. You're not going to get that magic. There is something about work that when it is put into something, when your labor has paid for something, that shit is just audacious, and it depends. Do you want a ho-hum life where you don't have to work very hard? Or you do, but there's not a lot of um, benefit or reward. Or do you want to roll up your sleeves and throw a little grease down on that? A little sweat, a little blood, and get something much more satisfying. Because that, bat children, is witchifying every damn thing. Now, imagine that in your spell work. Mm -hmm. Imagine you grew those herbs. Imagine you worked over that spell writing, that crafting. Imagine that you were careful with your moon choice. Imagine that you gave every last bit of energy you had to that spell. What could you affect? What is the difference in that? And just, um saging a bad situation. Hmm? So to be clear, I'm exhausted. I've been very clear with you all about that. I am beat down. I am so tired. But I had two choices. I could trudge on through and have beautiful little party with all the work that that entails. Very little reward, by the way. A lot of fun, but you know, it's more work than it is anything else. Or I could have canceled it Slept a little bit more, rested a little bit more, did a lot more grounding to get ready to work on Samhain. Sounds like grandma's chocolate rolls to me, and I'd rather have that than a hostess Twinkie. Well, that's not being very fair. To be honest, I'd like to have them both. Thank you very much. Not gonna lie, but when my energy is this low and I only have attention for one thing, I know where I'm laying it all. I knew about this difference when I was raising babies, and I do miss raising babies. If there was one thing I wish I could do again, and I need to watch myself or I'll manifest it, I don't want to even think about that, um, is raising babies. I loved it. I was good at it. I was a natural. It suited my soul. But there's this huge difference um, between reading a book to your children where your head is actually doing something else. And you are very much just trying to get through this moment. Believe me, I do remember the exhaustion quite well. And most of the time, that was all I could afford. Okay, let's be very, very fair. But there was a big difference between that and the nights where I would invent a story. If you have little babies and you've had a couple hours rest, why not just make one up? just make it. You don't have to write it down. Just make it up out of your head. Those are the ones that your kids will remember. I promise you. I used to do voices and I used to I don't know. I let something just like course through me those nights. And that's what I'm doing. I'm uh doing a podcast for children like that. And over the next month I'll be releasing all the other ones I've done in my Patreon. But that that to me that was not something I could do all the time. It really wasn't, especially going to school and being a single mom. But it was worth it upon occasion to dig down deep and not rely on some other author to fill my baby's minds full of other lands and other lessons and other stories. I witchified it. And I get what I'm saying means effort. I get that. And I get that as tired as I feel, I'm talking to a lot of other tired witches. But I promise you one thing, honey bunny, I have never, ever regretted the moments in which I witchified, not one time. They're like little treasures in my memory. They're these beautiful things that all I have to do is look back and count them. They are never a waste of your energy. Never. But a lot of the mundane bullshit we go through in day to day, that can be a waste. That usually is one. I mean, we got to keep the lights on, right? And we've got to keep the dishes washed. But there are ways to bring magic into even those moments. Sometimes, y'all, I pre-witchify shit because I know how busy and how tired, how worn out I'm gonna get, and. I'll think ahead for my future exhausted ass. You know, I will gather rosemary and braid it and hang it over the shower. I haven't done it in a minute, but when I did do it, it was wonderful. Now I'm thinking I need to do it again. So that when I'm broken and tired, I would jump in that shower and that smell would just permeate the whole room. I leave notes to myself especially if I see a big mountain I've got to climb ahead of me. I'll leave a note to myself to read when I'm there, when I'm close to that situation that reminds me to ground and to still feel alive and to feel magical in the depth of that dark, whatever it is, drudgery, whatever that is. I sing. Even if I can't sing, I sing my way through so much of my life because it makes me feel connected to all the beauty of it and not the dirt of it you know it's again the difference between dirt and soil one of the first things I learned as a master gardener was that we don't call it dirt (laughs) dirt is the crap that is stuck to our shoes dirt is what we wash away Soil is this place where there are living microorganisms. It's an ecosystem all of its own. And anything is possible. It's fertile. It's alive. Dirt is dead. And of no use to anyone. Not really. Soil is witchified. Do you see the difference? And we can find those differences in almost every place of our daily life almost everywhere except for maybe i don't know getting a speeding ticket but even then you could try to witchify that shit (laughs) and get him to walk away i know i have and i guess what i'm saying is that no we are not always capable of it we do not always have the gumption or the wherewithal to continue to witchify every goddamn thing Sometimes we need to lay down. I get that. But even in that moment, when I lay down a couple of days ago and I said, it's time to rest. And if balls fall and people get mad at me, that is what's going to fucking happen. Made sure that my bills were paid and ignored my emails. And for me, that's a big deal. I get a lot of email. And y'all know what I kept saying to myself? It's okay. You can rest. I witchified it. I stood in the sun for ten minutes, doing absolutely nothing. If anybody pulled up right then delivering anything, that I thought I was nuts. I watched spiders weave their webs. I closed my eyes and I sat on the porch and listened to things. I watched documentaries, (laughs) you know? I just allowed that rest to happen but I found a way to witchify it without hardly any effort because at the end of the day doing that only means that I shift my focus. Here let me give y'all one more analogy and I'm gonna have to put my professorial hat on to do it. By the way y'all bear with me again I do not do notes. I turn this damn thing on and I start talking. I have no idea where I'm going. And then it comes to me, which is a little witchy. Anyway, for years and years, I taught literary theory. I love theory. It's like candy, baby. I adore it. Most people hate it, but I love it. I get it. And I'm not trying to teach all theory, so I'm not going to go any further. In the last five or six years, I'm teaching a graduate class that asks for the students to use a theoretical lens. And here is the issue I keep getting with them. Stay with me. It'll matter in a minute. What they do is they want to talk about the book they're into and they'll write about that book for, you know, good two, three pages. Then they will bring up their theoretical lens and talk about their theory for a page or so and then go back to their book. And that is not how you get an A. Mm -mm. Y'all lean in and listen to me. This has everything to do with witchcraft. Try to hear me. The idea of a theoretical lens, right, means that you are looking, pretend they're glasses, lens, you are looking with those glasses to the book that you're working on. You're not pulling it back and forth and tacking it on. We're getting to witchcraft. Stay with me. You are looking at the world, if you will, the literary world, through a theoretical lens. Now, I don't want to bore y'all too much, but what would that mean? Um, there's a Marxist lens. There's a feminist theoretical lens. Cultural materialism. post-structuralism. Yucky words. I know, I know, I know, but stay with me. So, those are lenses. And if I were looking at a book through the lens, I would utilize it up against the text. I wouldn't separate it on page six, right? No. I would say, for instance, with feminism, that Judith Butler discusses performative gender, and then maybe I'd bring up a key term or a quotation. And then immediately showcase where I see that happening in, say, Love in the Time of Cholera by Marquez. Do you see what I just did there? But I I would be utilizing it like glasses. And that's how you actually do a graduate analysis. Let's take that to witchcraft. It's not that hard of a jump, is it? I can trudge through my day. I can feed the chickens. Stay with me. I can take care of the rabbits. Check my damn email. Grade papers. Clean up dog poop. Sweep the front porch. Holy crap, do I need to cut my toenails? Damn it. Take out the trash. Wash the clothes. Whatever else I gotta do that day. And I can do that without my witchify every damn thing lens. You feel me now? I can do that that way. And that is drudgery. Absolute drudgery. But there's no shame in it, right? I'm too tired. I'm too uninspired. Whatever. I'm just getting through this damn day. Now, what if I put my witch glasses on and everything I did, I did through that lens? Instead of separating my craft off for when I have time for it, And good luck to me if that's the way I'm going to practice my craft, y'all. Because it ain't never going to get around to it. But if you separate it off like that, no one's going to cry foul at you. Obviously, we're all just trying to get through this life. And we had time for it on Sunday or Tuesday or at that wonderful festival that we're going to. But what if? What if we were able to look through that lens, that magical witchcraft lens? And approach most of the shit that we have to do anyway through that. Hmm? Well, I'll tell you what happened to me. At first, it was work. Because I had to retrain my brain, if that makes any sense. But then, it got to be second nature. y'all might think I'm kidding. Let me give you a very rough, mundane example. And this will prove to you I don't give a damn what anybody thinks about me. So I've got a pile of uh, dog poop. Mm-hmm. Somebody didn't make it in time out the door. I got seven dogs in this house, y'all. Everybody trying. Somebody didn't make it, and I have to pick that up. By the way, my gag reflex is very healthy. <laughs> very I've been fighting it my whole life, but I got to do it. Ain't nobody else gonna do it. Do I just try to bear out that moment? I'm I'm thinking of the worst thing I can think of on a daily level, y'all. Not the worst thing I can think of, but just on a daily, you know, kind of situation. Let me show you how silly I can be about putting on my witchify every damn thing glasses. Ready? So I get the paper towels and as I'm reaching for that pile of poo, I'm thinking to myself, This is a product of that body that I love so much. As my hand comes down, I will be blessing that body for a healthy and long life. I know, I'm that witch. I'm that creepy, weird, fucking witch. But I bless their poo and somehow it makes that moment worth it. (laughs) Oh, should I leave that into this podcast? Yeah, I always told you I'd tell you the truth. I'm leaving it. So when I say which, I every damn thing, honey, I mean every damn thing. No holds barred. If I got to uh, bless somebody's heart, and I know y'all know what I mean because I did a whole podcast on that. I can do that. Mm-hmm. If I need to, I don't bind people very often. Binding is not fun for me. I've always understood that binding meant that I was binding them to me, not interested. So I do a lot more be gone, you know, girl, don't go away mad, girl, just go away. So I guess that's more banishing. I can do that. I can do that while I'm smiling and nodding my head and saying, it's okay that your dog bit my dog. We'll get through it. No problem totally already working on that one. Witchified that entire moment. I can't think of a moment that cannot be witchified. The second we start understanding that as our lens through which we see the world, through which our energy transfers out of our body into the world, there is this lens of magic. The moment we truly get that, it means a couple of things. It means you gotta work a little harder until it becomes second nature. But I've never minded working a little harder for something a little better. Y'all feel me? Or is that just me? Who would rather have a six hour roast that would melt in your mouth with that beautiful crust on the outside of it? Make your eyes roll back, forget all about sex for about a good hour. I mean, honey, mmm, you can't do that in a crock pot. Although, I can imagine we could witchify a crock pot. Mm -hmm. But usually, it does mean a little work. And I'm just willing to do it. I'm just here for it. Because I've seen what life meant without it. Without this magical spark. We don't have to wait for someone, And we don't have to have the sparkle, glitter, and glam of Halloween. Although, that's icing on the cake, isn't it, Mm y'all? For me, it is. If we are literally witchifying every damn thing. Every day, someone by children. And to quote Casey and the Sunshine Band, who I grew up on, y'all. That's the way. I like it. All right, just food for thought. I do need to do a couple of shout outs real quick. I want to thank Mary, Dazos, Erin, Sarah, Andy, and Tammy. Thank y'all so much for supporting the podcast. I do one or two extra things over there once a month, and also the other podcast I'm about to lift off is only going to be released over there. We have our own Facebook group. We're like a family. It's wonderful. So thank all of you for making the podcast possible. Y'all rule. I think we only have one, maybe one and a half. more podcasts before we do Weaver November. I think I'm finally at a place where we've had enough people. I got a woodworker, haven't written back to him yet, but we have a woodworker and a silversmith, a weaver of cloth and beautiful clothing and uh, possibly a painter. So I think we're where we need to be for Weaver November. Thank you for writing in everyone. Just to give you all an idea of where we're going to be going though, December, I want to hear about how you've witchified every damn thing, especially as we run back to that beautiful night, winter solstice, and begin the work of bringing back the light and celebrating and basking in that. I want to hear how you're witchifying every damn thing. Now, I mean, from sitting at a damn stoplight, honey, to washing your toilet, I want to hear how you're doing that, how you're bringing magic to your everyday life, because that's really the only way to live it. Well, if y'all will bear with me, I do need to do a moment for our sponsor. And this week, it is about Farmerish. Just so y'all know, I do write for them. I write under a different name, I'll never tell you who I am. (laughs) However, they mean quite a lot to me. So let's hear a word from them. Farmerish presents a print annual dedicated to all things farming and nature through the lens of writers and artists. As we face difficult times, many today find themselves more interested in taking a step back, growing food, becoming makers, and living more connectedly to nature and local farming communities. The Farmer's Print Annual is 150 pages, packed with ad-free content from writers, farmers, and makers who share their stories of connection to the farm, their philosophies about preserving and cherishing nature, their insights into living independently and self-sufficiently, all while trying to make the world a better place. The annual includes beautiful color photography, engaging essays, educational how-tos, and poetry, which can be read one at a time over y'all's morning coffee. Celebrate the seasons. Celebrate farming. Connect with nature with the Farmers Print Annual, Volume 2, available now at www.farmersh.net print. By the way, also at their Etsy store. Good luck figuring out who I am over there, y'all. And just know this, every single dime of this thing goes back to this journal. She is doing an amazing job, y'all, of pulling together the magic of farming and getting our voices out there. My goodness, this woman is a hero. Y'all got to read some of this work. It'll break your heart. It's so beautiful. All right. I'm out of here, still working on recovering, and I love y'all. Y'all be looking for that photo shoot. We're really excited about it. Once that magic started flowing, honey, Mm-mm-mm. I do have a new person who's going to be on the blog. They're going to be writing a blog from a very witchy and farmerish perspective, and I'm excited to have them. Y'all be looking for that too. In the meantime, love you like chicken. Blessed be y'all. Talk to you next week. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.